Hello, welcome to today's episode of Juice and the Numbers, yours for Statistics and Sports Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. <laughs> and, uh, and we got a fun one today. I'm ready. Are you ready, Corwin? Yeah, I'm ready. So uh, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates and how remarkably bad they are at trading players. Now, this idea was born unto me by by just thinking in, in recent times. Mainly, it's like every time the um, the Chris Archer trade comes up, it's like, oh my God, what a lopsided trade, right? Which, to be fair, it rather is. To be fair. To be fair. Um, it's not great. It's In fact, it's, it's quite bad. And that just led me to think, like, you know, I've never heard a trade where people went, oh, man, the pirates killed it. Uh, so I figured I would take some time digging through the last five years of pirates trades and seeing how much war every player they acquired earned for them while they were on the pirates and how much war every player they had traded away had earned while on every team that wasn't the pirates and just total it all up and see, uh, see how they come out. All right. So this was uh this was just sprung upon me. Uh, the only thing I knew going into this was that I was going to hate this episode, uh, which is fair. Uh, I probably will not enjoy this episode too much, but I am also extremely intrigued to see what ends up. Yeah, as was I. Uh, this is uh, ended up being really fascinating because it's just. So, so one of the things I, I've for completely forgotten because the Pirates have actually been making a decent number of trades within the past two years, which you can just tell just by looking at the Pirates end of this, the players acquired section of this, that most of their trades are happen where players accumulated war in 2018 and 2019. Because before that, the Pirates were like this weird organization that never traded to get better. They never acquired players. It was fucking strange. Um and that's led to some weird things in and of itself. And it was also strange to just see, like, w- without looking any further than I'm sure you've already looked, who do you think has been the most productive trade for the Pirates in the last two Like, what player that the Pirates have traded for do you think has been the most productive for them over the last five years? Um, It's got to be Felipe Vasquez. So that's what's fascinating is Felipe Vasquez is second. He's the second most productive really? trade piece. Yeah, Francisco Cervelli. Oh, old, old, uh, good old Francisco. Yeah, yeah I can see that. He's kind of been one of those, you know, steady workhorses for us for a long time. He was. He put up a lot of, and we'll get to, to every all of these numbers in a little bit more detail later on, but he he put together, he was, first off, longest tenured member of the uh, of this trade piece thing. He played with the Pirates for about four and a half years, so just accumulated war based on that end. And he had almost no negative war, which really helped out his case. He ended up beating out Francisco, or sorry, Felipe Vasquez in war by 0.7, which is uh, fair. And uh, honestly, it's all the better that Felipe Vasquez isn't the best trade piece that was acquired because he touches kids. And like the Pirates couldn't even have a closer. That had to get ripped away from them by the police as well. Uh, it's 
We're also it's down so our, just saying this is a complete non sequitur, but we're also down our next two in line to be our closer for this year. So, so life is looking good. Life's looking up. So I really thought hard about how to do this. I thought the best way of doing it was strictly trades, no signings or purchasings, and to only look at players who accumulated major league war. So there's no uh, minor leaguers here. And that's one of the other kind of weird things about this is how many players, I guess it's not weird. I guess it's something you don't think about, but how many players just never accumulated major league war? Um, on, uh, and go- going both ways, like obviously if you look, the Pirates um, acquired over the course of the last five years via trade, roughly 25 players there were a few players who did who were major leaguers but uh, their war was a little bit weird i don't want it i can talk about it more later who aren't here but roughly 25 Mm -hmm. players and they had sent away roughly 27 and like that's not like an earth-shattering difference but like the number of players they they had actually both acquired and sent away is well north of 30 It, it might even be closer to 40 it's just so many people who are like trade pieces for like valuable major leaguers just never made the big leagues. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued to see what this uh ends up being because as much as, you know, we've sent away big name players uh and the most recent ones have been more been more scrutinized by the media. I mean, we still have been as successful as you could consider the Pirates being successful with some of the guys we've acquired um you know like we both love shitting on chris archer yes uh he had a good pitch last year with his slider uh you know he had a a over five era and an over five fip so he had an awful season but you know i'm not i'm not even gonna try to defend him uh i was gonna try and have like a nice little you know you know, we shouldn't shit on everybody, but no, like it was an awful trade and Chris Archer sucks. It's... Yeah, it it's it's one of the things where I, I also so going strictly based off of war is uh, probably not probably definitely rather unfair to mm-hmm. the pirates because not all some of these minor leaguers are still you know probably in the minors and still part of their organization and there's monetary reasons for moving on from players and you know you're you're also taking risks assuming other players like acquiring players and getting rid of players you're making um assumptions on on what their talent is going to be moving forward and that's really really challenging and i get that but at the same time the shorthanded just like sorry here's how i think about it when you are signing a player for nothing but money that that decision is almost purely financial because even if a player is like really really good versus really really bad all you're doing is saying we we are valuing this player at x let's just say wins above replacement i'm sure they have other things that they look at right um and we value that win above replacement at x dollars per win above replacement 
And that's really the only equation that needs to happen. That plus, like, where is our gap in talent? Like, we need a a setup man. We don't have a setup man. Like, all right, we'll do this. Like, that. that's really it. We, and, you know, like, do we think this player can be successful in the future? When you're trading for a player, you have to do a little bit more with it because, one, the player is already under contract. So you have to think about your player's financials and the player you're acquiring's financials. So you need to compare just those two things off the jump. Then you need to compare and contrast, like, all right, I'm trading a pitcher for a first baseman because I have an excess of pitchers versus a dearth of first baseman. And how is that depth going to be affected by this roster move? How, um, how's, the war distribution going to be affected by by this by this move what's the future potential is my is the pitcher i'm trading away does he have a brighter looking future than this first baseman you know like what if i have 22 year old chris sale because chris sale was really really good when he was 22 um at least i'm pretty sure well he's chris sale he's always good uh mm -hmm. And am I trading him away for, I don't know, like 34-year-old uh, Mitch Moreland? And I know they're on the same team, but I'm think, just thinking of Red Sox. Like, that would be a bad trade because even if you're on a team with Chris Sale that has a bajillion great pitchers, Chris Sale's going to be really, really, like, you should have high hopes for Chris Sale. And Mitch Moreland's older. And you don't, and first baseman aren't, like, that, that hard to come by. And he's 36. He's probably at the, he's probably past the peak that he was going to have. It, it gets tough. So there's a lot more calculation that needs to go into what happens on the trade market. And then it goes into the whole player development angle, because now you've acquired a player that you think either can help you right now, in which case you probably don't need to do too much, or you've acquired a, acquired a player that you're betting on the futures of, in which case you need to actually develop that player into a major league talent. And that is a whole new schematic you're going to have to wrangle with. So the trading of players is, I think, at least based on doing this with just the one team, I think it could actually be relatively well indicative of not just team need and team diligence, but also things like team valuation of different skill sets and team's ability to develop from within. Corwin? Corwin. I can hear you. Ignore my message. It's just for me to keep note of where this was when I'm editing. Gotcha. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, so uh, there's a lot of ways you could look at this. Um, I mean, you could argue this is the Pirates trying to do the best that they can with the resources they have, but at the same time, they have the resources they have because the team and the ownership, you know, Bob Nightingale is just not willing to invest in the team and they're not willing to invest in creating a team that can succeed uh and that's the reason why we have to get rid of guys like garrett cole and get rid of young guys who are about to you know reach arbitration and leave arbitration like um austin meadows and uh tyler glass now you know we're losing out on our good young talent and we have to trade away uh and get shittier veterans in return you know at a discount because 
they're not willing to invest and run a salary cap higher than, you know, the basement of the MLB. Uh, and that's kind of why we're at where we're at. That and, oh, sorry, go ahead, continue. No, no, go, go for it. I was going to say that and the fact that they've ignored their farm system for years. Oh, yeah. Like I said, before this, like before 20, I don't know, maybe 17-ish, they didn't really like do anything. And so when they their very, very small playoff window closed and that was signaled by them trading away Andrew McCutcheon, like, yeah, I mean, the bottom fell out. They had no players in the farm system to to bring up. Uh, and yet Bob Nutting still thought they could win, which is why they traded away Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now for Chris Archer, which was definitely an ownership move because no GM would have done that. I refuse to believe it. Um, and, and now they're at a point where it's like, no, now we're bad. We're bad now and we have no farm system and we have nothing to show for it because like the Red Sox are likely to be bad with no farms. Oh, the likely to be not bad, maybe mediocre with no farm system, but like they have a world series ring, which, you know, that's going to, it's going to help a lot when you're looking at yeah, your wounds. World series rings in the past couple of years. And it makes it a lot easier to, to take when, when you go on to suck, the mm. pirates don't have it because they never got good enough to, to really get there. And they have just nothing waiting in the wings. So now they're trading. They're like constantly shuffling through players which I don't blame them for. It's probably the right thing to do um, because they're trying to like restock, a, not even restock, they're trying to make a farm system mm-hmm. and um, eventually get on the road to being competitive a la like the White Sox. But uh, eesh, it's not pretty. So uh, you ready to get into these numbers? Yeah, let's make me sad today. Wait, let's hold make on. Let me, let me put on my uh, pirate cap before we start this. I approve. I approve of this. <sighs> All right, let's do it. All right, so let's take this year by year. So in 2015, the only player that the um, Pirates acquired via trade was Francisco Cervelli. <laughs> that, that's it. That's it. Not a bad move. So total in 2015, they acquired 3.1 war. And in 2015, the only player they traded was Justin Wilson. So they had only lost 1.6 war. So, so far, and- the Pirates are ahead here. One and a half war. We'll see how long that lasts. Let me tell you, my friend, not long. Um, in 2016, they started begin- being a little bit more active. They had traded away a total of nine players and had a... Uh, oh, sorry, they had traded away a total of 10 players and acquired a total of nine players. The most valuable player that they traded away that year was um, Neil Walker who ended up earning 22.6 war with the New York Mets. And the most valuable player that they had acquired that year was Ivan Nova from the Yankees, who accumulated 1.3 war that year. Um, not great. I, I will say that at the time, Mark Melanchon was far and away the bigger name out of the, uh, the guys listed there. He just happened to turn to shit immediately. Uh, yeah, this Melanson had a really weird run. Um, he ended up where is he now? No, now he's with Atlanta. I don't remember. I think he's, I think you're right. I think he is with Atlanta. I know he was with San Francisco for the past couple years. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I have it in order there. So it should be Washington for the uh one year and then or the half a year 
and then San mm-hmm. Fran um, for two, and then Atlanta. He, yeah, yeah he was fine. Um, <laughs> the story of Mark Melanson's career. He was fine. Uh, it's also tough with relievers because relieving, relieving, relief pitchers never accumulate nor lose a lot of war um, unless you're very, very good or very, very bad. So one of the things you see a lot in this list is just like a lot of like negative 0.3s and positive 0.7s because like just how relief pitching goes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, the, the biggest... so. Losing Neil Walker, uh, they also... I didn't realize Keon Broxton was a pirate. I don't even remember that. I don't remember him being around. I do zero recollection of that man being... I remember him in um, Milwaukee. I don't remember him in Baltimore. And then I remember him with the Mets. And I didn't realize he was on Seattle. So, like... Damn. What a career Keon Broxton is having. He started his career in Pittsburgh, played there for one season, and then was immediately trade traded. Yeah, I want, and uh, I want to know why he? Uh, you don't remember him as being a Pittsburgh Pirate? Why he played in seven games for them with two plate appearances? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not great. And uh, since he's left them in the four years since then, he's put up three point four WAR, which uh, you know, not great, but uh, the it's the Pirates, so yeah. That, that's just started for us. Uh, the the best contract that they had, or I guess player that they, the worst player they had rid themselves of, which I guess means that it makes it the better trade, uh, was getting rid of John Nice. Nice. I don't know how to pronounce this man's name with the Mets, who pitched a half a season with the Mets, put up negative 0.6 war, and then didn't play again. <laughs> uh, so that's a going for the Pirates. But all in all, uh, in, including Justin Wilson's continuation with other teams uh, and all the players that they had otherwise shed the pirates got rid of 6.1 war in 2016 or had a total accumulated departed war of 6.1 and had a total accumulated war in 2016 of 4.1 so we're now officially negative in the uh in the the simple addition subtraction of war achieved versus war um shed i guess we could say yeah i thought i was gonna feel worse but this just feels so completely normal yeah and honestly that's not even like that egregious like you know you come out negative two war Mm -hmm. in one year in in trades it's like with with enough players because you know it's like 10 players that came in and out which means each one you lost like 0.2 war on. That's not terrible. You know, you, you can, can for, you can forgive that for a year or so. Unfortunately for the pirates, it just keeps getting worse. So let's, uh, uh, let's jump on over to 2017. Uh, the best player they had uh, in 2017 that they had acquired, he was not acquired in 2017, but he flourished in 2017 was Felipe Vasquez who put up 2.6 war with the Pirates, by far the most. Second most of the players that they had acquired up to this point um, was Francisco Cervelli again with 0.8. And 0.8 is the second most. But, uh, oh, sorry, no, I, I missed Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova in his second year in a Pirates uniform, two war. So good job, Ivan. We're all <laughs> proud of you. Um, total acquired war, uh, both accumulated and otherwise, 
for 2017, 4.7. Players that have departed, um, the best player that they ended up getting rid of was uh, a tie. Justin Wilson, I think at this point now with either Detroit or Chicago, I'm going to say Chicago. Um, Justin Wilson put up 1.5 war, which ties him with Neil Walker's second season away from um, the Pirates where he put up also 1.5 war. So 3.0 war between the two of them. Uh, nothing really impressive outside of that. A lot of guys that didn't amount to much of anything, like they had traded away a few minor leaguers who would eventually be putting up war for other teams, but no one in the immediate. So the Pirates this year only gave up 3.7 war and had gotten back 4.7 wars. So that's that's positive. Yeah, it's definitely a good trade. Um, I will say that one of the guys that they acquired that year, Sean Rodriguez, uh, is famous in the Pittsburgh Pirates community for beating the shit out of a Gatorade cooler during a game and then having a, uh, a well-publicized apology uh, posing with the Gatorade cooler. Uh, I'm, on video. I'm watching the video right now. It's amazing. Yeah, was he a righty or a lefty? I have no idea. Because <laughs> he's 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 throwing a lot. It's it's an Aussie. It's not bad form. It's pretty good. He's throwing like like a little left jab. You know, little little. Uh, hey, watch out there, buddy! And then really coming across with the right hook. I gotta say, <laughs> having been doing a striking form of martial arts for a while, this 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 ain't half bad technique here. Yeah, it's one of those things where. Uh, here, I'll, I'll read what he uh, tweeted. Uh, I want to apologize for allowing my emotions to control my actions in a negative manner. I also spoke to the cooler. He apologized personally, and he's given me, and he's forgiven me as Christ forgives all. Thank you. <laughs> as Christ for is is he calling the cooler Christ? Uh, you know, I think it's just uh, is he that posted that after uh, posting Romans uh, three twenty three twenty four. Uh, I think that's how you say those things. Dude, um, <laughs> it's just, it's really fun. It's one of those tweets. Like it was one of the first tweets I ever like saved. I love but, to see it. Sean uh, Rodriguez. Not I'm glad he provided player. you something because with, with the pirates, he put up negative 0.6 war. So <laughs> yeah, it's bad. I'm glad you got you guys that. So, 20, 2015 through 2017, we're looking at a bunch of ra- decently small numbers, nothing crazy yet. And in fact, the Pirates don't even really look that bad. Um, 7.2 plus 4.7 is uh, 11.9. So they've given, they've got back 11.9 war and they've given up 9.8 plus 1.6. All right. So like they're, th- yeah, they're basically right there they're pretty much 500 they're even they're even keel on what they've given up versus what they've gotten back which depending on how again depending on how the war is distributed could be fine you know like mm-hmm. it could be 11 war in the space that they just don't need 11 war right their backup first baseman like luke void uh, the cardinals didn't need luke void they had a th- the first baseman now they have paul goldschmidt they really don't need a first baseman but the yankees did so the cardinals aren't missing any of the war that luke void po- puts up this could very much so be the case for the Pirates. I didn't dig that far into it. Uh, but 2018 and 2019 tell a very different tale of how this goes for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So, Can we let's skip look. over this year? I don't want we, to do this year. We cannot. <laughs> it's, it's where things get the most interesting. So, in 2018, the Pirates had a really, really good year in acquiring war. Both based on players they'd acquired 
uh, from the 2015 season forward and in players they had acquired that same season. Altogether, they put up a combined 10.7 war of players acquired, which is quite good. Uh, you you got to say, uh, a strong showing from Corey Dickerson with 3.8 war after he was traded from the Rays. Out of um, nowhere. Out of nowhere. 1.5 war from Felipe Vasquez in his uh, third season in uh, a Pirates uniform. Francisco Cervelli had a little comeback season, 2.6 war. Ivan Nova still doing okay, 1.5. Um, Antonio Bastardo, I just wanted to say that name, and I hadn't said it yet. Uh, <laughs> um, Kyle Crick, 1.4 <laughs> war. Joe Musgrove, 1.1. We're seeing a lot of positives, a few small, a few, a few negative ones, you know. Uh, Michael Feliz, negative 0.9. I don't know who he is. <laughs> um, probably explains his negative one war. <laughs> Yeah, but altogether, altogether, looking at this side of it, you got to feel pretty. This is basically all the war that the Pirates had traded for in the past three years combined in one season. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Now let's talk about what we gave away to get that war. The Pirates, however, <laughs> gave away 15.2 war God. to other teams in order to, to attain that 10.7, a 4.5 war deficit. Uh, the best players they gave away in 2018 include a 5.2 war season from Garrett Cole, a 2.8 war season from Andrew McCutcheon. Um, who else had a strong showing that season? Uh, that's the bulk of it. A lot of these transactions are just small ones, like a one war season from Shane Carl, I think is how we're saying that. A 1.8 war season from Tony Watson. Um, a 1.6 war season from Keon Broxton this time. At this point in time, he should have been in, I guess, New York with the Mets. Um, but altogether, 15.2 war given away uh, from 2015 all the way through 2018. Um, a lot of it coming in this season, uh, mm -hmm. 2018 season. This was this also is... the year that we traded away Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows, both of whom were still prospects at the time, which is why they have not yet appeared on the war sheet. Um, yes doing a whole um, lot of nothing if you and yeah i was gonna say because if you're wondering where's chris archer and all this yeah for the pirates he put up in his tenure there in his first half season there 0 0.5 war not ideal um tyler glass now in fact put up 0 0.6 by himself and austin meadows have put up negative 0 0.1 because he barely played uh so if you put those two two those two players together they earned all the same war as chris archer at and and they'd go on to be better than Chris Archer in part. But they're also younger than Chris Archer. This was a, such a bad trade when it happened. It's such a bad trade. It was one of those trades where when it happened, first hearing like, oh, we got Chris Archer. Cool. And then immediately after it was like, oh, my God, Chris Archer for these. Oh, oh this is disappointing. It was uh, it was a sad day. Yeah, and it was also confusing because you're like, all right, what are the Pirates trying to do? Because, like, 2018, the Cubs are um, two seasons removed. Uh, well, I guess one season removed from winning the World Series. Uh, the Brewers now have Christian Yelich. Like, they're getting better. Um, the Reds are still pretty bad. And who am I missing in that division? Is that all of them? Uh, I didn't hear who you said at first. I said the Cubs, the Brewers, the Reds, the Pirates. 
Who's the last team in that division? Who are you missing? Right? Why am I like I know there's a team missing. There are five teams in that division. I'm very sure of it. Um oh the Cardinals. Oh duh. Yeah, the Cardinals are never bad. They were pretty mediocre-ish at the time uh, at 2018 in 2018 but they're not I'm actually bad. incredibly happy that we forgot the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, fuck them birds. Fuck the Cardinals. Um but at the same time like the Pirates themselves were not good, which is what made the Chris Archer trade so weird because like they finished uh in the standings in 2018 um fourth at 82 and 79, which like isn't super duper out of it but it's not close <laughs> you know like yeah. it's far enough out that you should have known like trading away prospects at this pivotal point in your franchise might not be the best move yeah you know yeah i mean it was uh it was a. Uh, it was god words are difficult uh it was a salary just shedding they knew they were gonna have to pay those two guys a lot of money because they were going through arbitration and uh, or were about to, and they were going to be expensive because they were both really good. And uh, they just, they didn't want to risk having to pay that, even though Chris Archer has a significantly larger salary than either of them. And Bob Nutting is a cheap son of a bitch. Yeah, I fucking hate that man. God, he is the worst. It makes you wonder, like, I, I really do wonder how some owners view other owners because, like, all right, so say say you're Hal Steinbrenner and you're at an owner's meeting um, or pick the, a non-Yankees owner. I don't give a shit. I just picked the guy who spends a lot of money. And you see Bob Nutting. Like, what's your opinion of Bob Nutting? Because on the one hand, if you're Hal, like, you you love baseball, right? Your dad loved baseball. You love baseball. You love your team being good and you're totally cool shelling out money to do it. Do you judge Bob Nutting for clearly not giving a fuck about baseball and never spending money to make his team better? Are you like, do you commend the cost saving side of it or do you hate him more because he's just ruining a game you like? Uh, if any Pirates fan answers that as, I commend him for saving all that money. Go fuck yourself. Like, oh, legitimately, 100%. go fuck yourself. That's but ridiculous. Like, if you were an owner, like, how would you feel? Uh, what do you mean? Like, say, say you're Hal Steinbrenner. Like, do you oh. go, oh, like, good for you, Bob, saving all that money while still turning a profit? Or do you say, fuck you, dude? Like... I spend four times what you spend. You should be spending so much yeah. as well. It's if I was if I was Hal Stein, maybe not Hal Steinbrenner, but if I was a different owner, like pick one of the mill, uh, middle of the pack owner, it would be like where you own a baseball team to be competitive. You know, you're not here just as this isn't a normal business. You know, you don't have stockholders you're trying to. Uh, meet the demands of you have fans you're trying to meet the demands of and that's who you should be reporting to not your own pocketbook and it drives me nuts it would drive me nuts that you know Bob Nutting is just sitting there just like I don't give a shit how the team finishes I don't give a shit if fans come to watch us I don't give a shit about the product we are producing in this league 
we're just here to survive and make me a little money here and there wherever i can i'm i'm on your side i would be i mean it's easy to say as a fan but i would be furious too i mean because you know now, now the more i think about it i think all owners should probably would probably prefer to have other owners spend a decent chunk too maybe mm -hmm. not like all of them be spending 200 million but when you whatever's good for the goose is good for the gander like if if they can make baseball more popular if every single city could increase its baseball attendance by like or baseball viewership or fandom or however sales money revenue whatever you want to call it by like 10 15 percent and i mean that's just more money that's going into baseball that means eventually it's going to get its way to you right because if mm -hmm. more people like baseball in pittsburgh then more people will go when the yankees are playing in pittsburgh if you're the yankees owner or more people will go when the reds play in pittsburgh if you're the reds owner like it gets back to you somehow so yeah i'm sure that they're they've got to be less than pleased Ugh. anyway are we still so, in 2018 here we're still uh uh we can the worst year of the pirates uh it's not the worst because 2019 <laughs> things get worse the story 20, of the Pittsburgh 2019 Pirates. is when everything comes together in these trades yeah yeah it's when you really see the the fruit of all the pirates labors um so in 2019 they only acquired two players and they only traded away uh six players now the six players they traded away in that year accumulated um oh god i really should have sorted this out better uh 1.1 oh god 3.3 5 5.1 5.5.4 war just among these six players and they had only they had acquired negative 0. <laughs> is that good math it, it, like, it's is not that good. is that the goal Yes, it, it, it's like golf. The lower, the better. <laughs> exactly. Um, when I saw so like Jordan Luplo, who they traded to the Indians, was the first name I put in. And when I saw that he he put up one point seven WAR, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be bad." Like, yeah. <laughs> like I was like, "Oh, this is the first player, and it's already one point seven to negative zero point one. This is going to be exactly as bad as I thought it was." I and think it was. I think it's actually really funny how like 99.9% .9 of the baseball topics we do where we are discussing war. If we saw a player with 1.7 war, that's like, uh, you're nothing. You're nothing. You do nothing. You mean nothing. Get out of this conversation. Now 1.7 war is like, all right, we have, this is like 1930s Germany with hyperinflation and we're just trying to count up everything we can because we need it all it's funny it's like selling bread where you just get by on the margins of it it's yeah. this weird thing where it's like you're betting on futures and you're also trying to escape on the margins it's so weird um thank so, you for having a a connection that actually made sense i i totally got your germany reference anyway um, so the best player for the Pirates in 2019 that was acquired by trade at some point of over the span of 2015 and 2019 was Brian Reynolds, who they got had gotten from the Giants in 2018, who put up a 3.9 war season for them. Um, other players of note, 
Felipe Vasquez put up his last season in baseball <laughs> with a 2.9 war season. And those, no, um, and Joe Musgrove put up 1.7 war. And those are the only three players out of the um, 25 players that the Pirates had accumulated up to this point that have played in Major League Baseball games uh, that put up positive one war or more. That's it. Three players. Um, out of 25 players they had acquired over the last five years, three players in 2019 put up one war or better. This is the part where I'm sad. This this is past feeling comfortable and where it normally is. This is now pure sadness. Yeah. So, uh, all 20. Go ahead. Sorry. It's like, and only two of those three are going to be with the team in the future. Because yeah. one of them was Felipe Vasquez, and he's his career is over. Uh, Joe Musgrove has been decent, but hasn't been uh, the guy we kind of hoped he'd butt himself into as you know a young guy. And Brian Reynolds, uh, who we got th- from the Giants, has been phenomenal for us. Like he was honestly one of our best players last year, um, and was in a in a race for the batting title, which means he's probably going to get traded soon. Right. So, like, out of twenty five guys, two are have like any future with us that is even worth anything of note. I mean, yeah, Chris Archer's still there, but expectations for him are just so unbelievably low. Oh, hey, he put up more war in 2019. He went from 0.5 to 0.7. Yeah, as like, what is he, 40 now? Uh, It feels like it, but I think he's only like 33. Only 33. Despite looking like he could still be like 25, he is 31. Wow. As I say, it always feels like he's been around in baseball for like, because he, I think he pitched in the 08 World Series. Uh, it only has him here going back to 2012. Really? I don't know why I feel like he pitched in the 08 World Series, but it feels like he pitched in the World, right, the 08 yeah. World Series. Who was in the 08 World Series? It was the Rays and the, the, the Phillies. Oh, that was the year the Phillies won. Uh, okay. Yeah. Man, nope, no, he never weird... did. I, I made things up. He, he's only been in two postseason games. The ALCS against Cleveland in 2013 and the ALDS against Boston. Oh, what's weird is it he registered the win in Cleveland, but doesn't have any stats for it. And he registered the loss in against Boston. 1.2 innings pitched with one hit and no runs given up. Oh, that must that must just be team team stats then. All right, yeah. fair enough. What do you think Chris Archer's lifetime batting average is? Uh, 100. What? 100 on the money. Really? Yeah. No shit. A lifetime OBS plus of negative 29. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's our boy. God, does anyway, he have any home runs? Who does he? I don't think he does. He has zero home runs, zero triples. Uh, one double. He has one double. Uh, All right. That's... Eight hits in his career. That's my goal for Chris Archer this year. I don't care what he does pitching because expectations are just astronomically low. I just want him to hit a home run. 
I wish you the best with that. <laughs> uh, anyway, the 2019 uh, total uh, war accumulation for players obtained that season and the five years prior, 8.6. It actually went down 8.6. They uh, they lost war from Ivan Nova, who wasn't with the 2019 squad. Um, he wasn't traded away, I believe. I think he just left in free agency. Uh, they lost war from Johnny Barbado, another name I just wanted to say. <laughs> um, uh, Corey Dickerson got traded, I believe. That's 0.5 war. Is it a trade? Or so, did he yeah. retire? Did they cut him? I don't remember. Um, I just did this and I don't remember. Um, who else? Uh, uh, Kyle Crick took a huge step back, posting 1.4 war, four war in 2018 to negative 0.2 war in 2019. Um, things. Not looking good. Jason Martinez, who they got from the Astros, went from a zero war season in 2018 to a negative 0. 0.4 season in 2019. Like life got worse for the Pirates, as it often does. Um, so 8.6 war given up in 2019. Sorry, acquired in 2019. They had given up at this point, accumulation wise, between 2015 and 2019. They had given up 26.2 war in 2019. The players shed from the Pirates went on in 2019 to put up a total of 26.2 war. Um, some highlights or lowlights, depending on your look. Uh, 6.9 war from Garrett Cole that year. Which that still seems hurt. low. Yeah, I know. It really does. Um, Austin Meadows, 3.8. Tyler Glass now, 2.6. Uh, Yvonne Nova put up 2.1 which means he was traded, right? Was. I guess. Yeah, yeah, he was with the White Sox. Yes. I couldn't remember if it was free agency or not. Um, Justin Wilson still kicking in this league, 1.3 war. Um, uh, David Freeze, who they gave up on, which I, you can't really blame them. Uh, 1.4 war. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, even though he like tore his ACL or some shit, 1.4 war. Uh, Jordan Lyles put up 1.8 with the Brew Crew. Uh, uh, like I said, Jordan Luplo 1.7 altogether, 26.2 war in 2019 was shed and the total war over that point. So the total war they had, that the pirates had acquired for each of these five seasons, the total war that all these players put up all together, all time over the course of these five seasons, 31.2 war. That's how much they basically got out of every trade all together over the last five years. And they had given up in that time 52.8 war. Yay. God, it's fucking sad to look at those numbers. I wanna I wanna just really drive this home for you <laughs> for you here, Corwin. Um so in 2019, as I said, 26.2 war. How much war do you think the pirates put up in 2019, Corwin? As a team? As a team. Oh man, it's gonna be less than fifty-two, isn't it? It's gonna be significantly less than fifty-two. We're, we're working. We're working with twenty-six point two. That's the number we're working on here. Because oh, okay, you're right. You're right. Uh, twenty-five. Are you ready? No. Because the number is fifteen point four. No. <laughs> they put up in twenty nineteen twelve batting war, <laughs> and three point four pitching war. Oh my god. 
yeah yeah i was like all right it's gonna be less than 52 if we got like 40 war that's actually not so bad like there's some hope to be had fuck me dude i know man 15.4 war dude i need to start (laughs) finding a new team I just, I can't support Bob Nutting when he's like this. This is why I I moved on to the Indians, but even they're doing this shit now. I just, I get why people like the Yankees. Yeah, that's there's, the thing. There's I, no and, sadness and, involved. And, and, and I get why, t- why fans of teams like the Pirates have second, third teams or move on altogether because this shit's miserable. This shit's yeah. pathetic. Like I mean, oh my god! As a like in football, if someone was like, "Oh, I'm not going to root for the team I grew up rooting for anymore because they suck," I want to be a Patriots fan. It's like, dude, get over it! Like that's your team. Like you got to support them. I didn't grow up with the Pirates. I I adopted the Pirates when I got into baseball because they're from Pittsburgh. You know, I grew up watching the Yankees and the Mets, and well, nothing will ever get me to be a Mets fan. Um, I don't no. hate myself that much. No, but no one like, should. I get why some people would say you can't just abandon the pirates, like they're your team, like you gotta support them through thick and thin. Uh the pirates are a work friend that I met recently, and uh, we're acquaintances, we're not, you know, lovers. And as much as I want them to succeed, it's hard rooting for someone. You know, it's hard rooting for an ownership uh, group that just doesn't give a shit. And there is no hope in sight. It's, I don't know. It's a long debate that we could have about, you know, the due diligence a fan has to do to, like, be a fan of a team and whatever you want to argue against or for with that. It's just... (sighs) Baseball's sad. So much sad. And I, I'm sorry to just continue piling this on you. Uh, you might be saying to yourself at home, uh, well, the Pirates have traded a lot, and a lot of these players that they traded for were minor leaguers. Because as you said, you did not include minor leaguers, Josh. And you're right. I did not. So uh, I have two farm system rankings up here. Uh, Bleacher Report has the Pirates. 22nd ranked farm system in all of baseball. Um, and I have the MLB and MLB.com one uh, from the, the conclusion of 2019. So it's a little bit dated. Um, I don't know, dated as of like maybe four months or so, uh, where the Pirates are a little bit more favorable, listed at 15th. Um, even at 15, that's really low based on where they should be. Uh, like mm-hmm. where they would be to have a glimpse of hope because like, let's see who are the teams around them. Really. So number 15 is, is the, the pirates. Number 14 is the Rangers who, who are planning on being competitive this season. Um, the, the Orioles are ahead of them, which they're bad. That makes sense. <laughs> the Indians are ahead of them, which again, eh, wishy washy, but relatively trying to be competitive. The Mariners are ahead of them. They're bad. 
Uh, the Blue Jays are ahead of them. They're trying to get better. The White Sox are ahead of them. They're almost there. The Twins are ahead of them. The, and the Twins could win their division and they're ahead of them. The Braves, same boat. Uh, the Tigers, they're bad, but, you know, being near the top of this list is where you want to be if you're bad. The Diamondbacks, which they are a wild card two team at best, but still in the hunt. The Marlins are bad, which good for them for being at the top of this list. The Dodgers at number three, which is so fucking stupid. I hate it. Um, the Rays at number two and the Padres at number one. And the Pirates are just in a weird spot where like they're so low on this list and they're bad. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Uh, just looking at the athletic, Keith Law has them 14th. Uh, behind teams like the Mariners, the Royals, and the White Sox, and ahead of the Twins, the Mets, and again, the Rangers. Not a great position. Definitely not the worst, obviously. 14, that's top half. Um, It's just the lack of any significant prospects. I mean, Mitch Keller, Cabrian Hayes, O'Neal Cruz are kind of the big three. But it's not like a, any one of them is going to be the savior of this franchise. No, um, they're not. <laughs> no, they need a new owner to save them from the franchise or to save the franchise. Uh, man, it's just like team value, team player value for pitching three, 3.4 war. If you double it, that's still less than Gary Cole was worth last season. <laughs> that's nuts and it's, you know yeah. what you know you i'm gonna make your i'm gonna hurt your feelings again 3.4 war uh, from pitching felipe vasquez was 2.9 of it really yeah y'all got a half a win out of your pitching from everybody not named felipe vasquez oh my god who's not playing baseball next year because he touched kids which is not the pirates fault but I don't like, know if he touched kids. I think he was just sending nudes to kids or getting nudes. I, thought, I don't really know. I thought he said he had a sexual relationship with a 13-year-old. I thought it was, too. Because I, uh, I think he, need, well, he he definitely admitted it. Like, I got to yeah. say, for being a pedophile, he handled the whole police thing really well because he turned himself in. But uh, still should go to jail. Yeah. There's also that, uh, you know, strongly, strongly hinted rumor that he bangs his sister. Oh my god, the creepiest relationship in the world on Instagram. Yeah. Oh god, I didn't even know they had an Instagram. Yeah, because that's how that's how the rumors all started. Because like they'd be posting all these wildly suggestive pictures of themselves like together on Instagram, and it's like, oh my god, dude, that's your sister. And like he took her name as well. Yeah, like a bunch of weird shit. Um, so anyway, without him, the pirates pitching put up one half of a win above replacement. Yay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's just, it's just not good, man. And it's not getting any better this year. Uh, it, honestly, I can't say that because it's hard not to get better than that this year. Well, if there was ever a team to find a way to make it worse, it's, it's, it's yeah, those pirates. Yeah. It's those pesky, pesky pirates. Um, Brian Reynolds was the the chief war getter for all batters for the pirates last season, and he was a trade 
um, recipient. Uh, it was acquired to the Pirates from trade, so that looks good on their trade re- reporte here. Um, unfortunately, their uh, third best batter. Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, yeah, Starling Marte, two point nine WAR. He just got traded, um, yep. and he's going to make this list look worse for 2020. Yeah. Um, it's basically the uh, Brian Reynolds and uh, Josh Bell show this year. For however long they can hang on to that. Yeah. I honestly don't think Josh Bell is going to be around at the end of the season because he's going to have to make money someday, and they're definitely not going to be the uh, the team to give him that contract. It's just crazy because, like, if you look, if you were to tell somebody in, like, um, let's say 2017, who do you think is going to be better off in, um, I don't know, five years, 2017, the Pirates or the Marlins? Why you got to do me like this, Josh? You you know why. You do uh. it, <laughs> Yeah, I, I definitely would have said, oh, yeah, dude, the Pirates, they're going to destroy the Marlins. They're going to be in such better shape than the Marlins. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, and that year, um, the in, 20, in 2017, the Pirates had won 75 games. The Marlins had won 77. So we're, we're relatively close. And the Marlins would then go on to lose a buttfuck more games. They, they went, the teams, uh, Mar- Miami went 63 and 96 the following season with Pittsburgh winning 82 games. So if you pick Pittsburgh, it looks good. And then the Marlins would go on to win even fewer games. They won 57 and 89. Uh, sorry, that's not right. Uh, I was looking at Milwaukee thinking that was a, a, a lost huddle. It was not. Uh, Miami won 57 games the following year, so it got worse. And the Pirates won 69 games. But the Miami has a decent farm system. They're actually starting to kind of – it doesn't seem it based on the standings, but they're starting to climb out of it. and. The pirates are just going to get worse. <sighs> Holy shit. The pirates won 98 games in 2015. Yeah. I don't even remember that. We went to the wild card and lost. Yeah. Wow. To the Cubs. Oh my God. Yes. That was that season. Yeah. 2013, 2015, the world's smallest window, 94 wins, 88 wins, 98. Yeah, like we we went to two or three wild card games over like a, a three year span, and lost to the Cardinals and then the Cubs and then the Cubs and then the Cardinals like two of the three times. I don't know. It it's just uh, it was sad. It was sad days. All right, I've got a fun question. When was the last time the Pirates won a hundred games? Uh, the last time they won a hundred games, one hundred games. Uh, was Roberto Clemente alive? No. Ooh, that actually could be. Um, I don't know. I don't even have a good guess. Nineteen oh nine. Oh yeah, like uh, when uh, you said no, I was like. Well, that could either mean it was so long ago he wasn't born, or 
recently and i just don't remember yeah the question three for a loop for a second <laughs> yeah they won they won over 100 games twice 1909 and 1902 oh god i know i know the pittsburgh pirates have played in 138 seasons um how many times have they gone to the playoffs oh god don't give me that uh 20 17 no <laughs> 17 why <laughs> i'm so sorry but this is just so fascinating um, all right everyone listening our next podcast is going to be on the new york jets oh god it's it hurts <laughs> it, it hurts all the time La- last question um because i i know i know how much this is hurting although just real quick um because I was saying a while ago how much I hate the Pirates for ruining baseball in Pittsburgh because baseball in Pittsburgh was such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, not, 17 playoff appearances, not great, uh, but 17 playoff appearances, nine pennants, and five world championships. And, like, those all happened in, like, the early years of the Pirates. And, like, because they used to be one of the historic franchises. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, there was so much... uh uh air around the pirates it was a real privilege to be a pirate and now it's god it sucks it sucks so much it hurts it's not fair they they deserve it's a franchise that deserves so much better but we're not getting it anytime soon how old is bob nutting let's find this out I have no idea. Uh, I hope he's like sixty. Uh, he's probably younger than that. I feel like he's a younger guy. Bob Nutting is fifty-seven. Yeah, Fuck. he's gonna live forever. Well, uh, there goes the hope that he uh, he fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey! There's always hope he dies. Oh my god, he looks like he has the most punchable face ever. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He looks like such an ass. He looks like a guy that would be the bad owner. In- like, uh. what's uh, what's the what's the Pirates' all-time win percent? Four twenty-three. Five oh three. Oh, nice. Yeah, they are currently. Uh, they currently have ten thousand five hundred forty-five wins to ten thousand four hundred and five losses. So they are only 140 losses away from, uh, or net losses, I should say, away from, uh, from, from going below 500. So luckily, Corwin, that shouldn't happen for a number of years. Mm. Um, as the Pirates, I mean, net 145 losses is a, or one, net 140 losses is a fuck ton of losses. Net. So. I mean, how many Pirates had, what, 69 wins last year? Um, Which translates to a certain number of 90-something losses. Um, That's like net negative 60. So it could happen a lot sooner than you think. It would still take, like, you know, four, five, six years. Maybe. Maybe. I guess I don't I don't want to say anything that would be like, oh, bet, because I don't 
I don't want that to happen anytime soon, but it might. <laughs> um, oh, that's sad. All right, so just I, I, I don't mean to make you feel as bad as I am. That's nah, okay. Uh, Barry Bonds played for Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right. Now right. you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> Very Bond plays for Pittsburgh for uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seasons. Seven seasons. All right. Seven, seven seasons. He put up 50.3 war. Where do you think that ranks him all time for Pirates War? Uh like in or out third? of the top ten? A third? Yeah. No, not quite. He's number nine. Number nine. Um Third would be Paul Warner. Uh, only okay. three, only three players in Pittsburgh's top ten are are names that anyone I think would are are, are, uh, are players who have uh, pictures of them in color on Baseball Reference. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay, so Roberto Clemente. Roberto Barry Clemente Bob. is number two, ninety four point yeah. five. Uh, Willie Stargell. Yeah, Willie Stargell, fifty-seven point five. Andrew McCutcheon just missing it at fourteen at fourteenth with thirty-nine point four WAR. Thirty-nine point four WAR is not an earth-shattering amount of WAR. It's it's very very respectable. I love Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, the fact that that puts him in the top fifteens, kind of sad. Kind kind of sad. Um, as much as I want Andrew McCutcheon to be in the uh, the top five, whatever it is, uh, top ten even. It it's would be very upsetting if he was actually be like would be able to do that with the numbers he has. Yeah, um, I I know, man. Uh, I I know. Uh, do Do you have any impression of who number one is? Honus Wagner. Honus Wagner. Yep, is one hundred and twenty point one WAR. The Flying Dutchman. The guy with the really expensive baseball card. Yes, sir. Uh, all right. That's uh, that's all I had on this topic. We, I think we finally exhausted the pirates' hatred here, <laughs> at least for the day. Yeah, for now. Uh, do you want to talk about uh some of the other news that have, that's happened recently? Yeah, let's do that. So Christian Yelich signed a really shitty contract. Yeah, uh, it's just it's not great. It, no. it in fact, Corwin, I'd say it's bad. So Yeah, like it it's one of those things where like he's making a lot of money and it's hard because there is no like hard salary cap. So in other sports if a player did this it'd be like, "Okay, this is a team-friendly deal." So they could get some more uh, players so that they can compete and win a championship. I don't know if that's the reason he did this for, for Milwaukee. I just. Why would you take this contract if you're Christian Yelich? Uh, I, I think he just liked being in Milwaukee and wanted to do the team a favor. Um. Yeah. Like so hold, l- let's give out the financials real quick here. True. So it's an extension that adds 7 years and 190 million dollars to the already current 2 years and 26.5 million that he's already owed. So all together 
think about it. You can think about it this way. Altogether, Christian Yelich is now under contract for an additional nine years from today, nine years and $215 million, which is not a lot of money. That is really, really not a lot, considering the contracts that were just signed by other players. Who would you rather have, um, Anthony Rendon or Christian Yelich? Um, I, I'd probably rather have Rendon because I think offensively they're similar enough, but Rendon plays not only a more important position, but his defense is better. But it's it's one of those things where if you got contracts involved, I would much rather have Christian Yelich at this contract than Rendon at his. Yeah, Christian Yelch basically is AAV over the next nine years is twenty three point eight nine million dollars. So he's rounding crazy. It, yeah, round it up to twenty four. Go fucking wild. It's still not a lot of money. Um, <laughs> yeah. For reference, because I looked it up, I was curious. Uh, Forbes claims that the Brewers' revenue in twenty seventeen, which would be the season right before they acquired Christian Yelch, if I recall correctly. Um, $255 million. So if we assume that uh, an MVP win season plus a second place finish probably increases that revenue a little bit, plus two playoff appearances in there. No, let's, let's be gentle and call it $270 million. Uh, they can afford this. So uh, what was his AAV again? 23.8? So that's basically on par with J.D. Martinez behind guys like Robinson Cano, Joey Votto, Jordan Zimmerman. Uh, Jordan just to name Zimmerman's a few. More than that? Jonas Cespedes is making 29 and a half. Jesus. Like he's the next closest behind him is Jason Hayward, Masahiro Tanaka, Will Myers. Wow. Those yeah. are some names. Yeah, this is this is a very intriguing contract. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it's fuck. amazing that he just would like, it's crazy that he wouldn't try to get more money. Like I, I genuinely don't know why he would, just voluntarily takes so much less than what he's not only worth, but what the market would pay him. And it's got to go back to what you started this off by saying, which is like $24 million per per year is a fuck ton of regular people money. Um, And, you know, I guess you could say maybe Christian Yelch is a humble dude and you know, if you make $24 million in your lifetime, you're probably fine. You know, like most people aren't going to make that in their life. So $24 million in a year, especially in, in your 20s, mm-hmm. you, you know, with, with the power of investing in compound interest, you're probably going to be A-OK. Uh, but if that's all we thought about when talking about sports contracts, then no players should make anything. And uh, the billionaire owners would be pushing trillions. So that's not a viable mode of thought. And yet it's a weird cross-section where if you're Christian Yelich, you're presented with this, with this contract where it's like the, all right, so the Brewers come to Yelich and they say, Chris, because they call him Chris, Chris, we really love you. 
Uh, we really want to keep you around. We know you could go out there and get a $35 million per year contract because we know you're that talented and we really believe in you as a player. But we also know that the Brewers' current financial situation, we couldn't do it. But we want you to stay here. And so we put together this deal that's going to have you here for the next 10 years, the whole entirety of the 2020s, uh, with a mutual player option for an additional year. We really want to have you around. but the figures will be smaller. Is that something you can be amenable to? And then you got to be Christian Yelich and you got to think to yourself, I loved it in Milwaukee. They took a chance on me. They, they saved me from Miami. <laughs> uh, take a chance on me. I'm a lot closer to California, which is where I'm from. Um, $24 million per year is a lot of money. Uh, I now have a guarantee to play baseball for a decade with the team I like. And the uniforms are cool. And, uh, you got to make that call and that's, I can understand how it'd be tough, but at the same time, like if I'm a cold blooded agent, I would tell Christian Yelich, no, no, let's go get more money because you're better than this. Mm -hmm. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot more. Like, it's just, it's one of those things where. If he wanted all those things, if he wanted a 10-year contract, if he wanted to be closer to California, if he wanted a team with cool uniforms, I know those are all made-up reasons we just did. Go to the Padres. Yeah, any one of those teams in California would be like, yeah, okay. The Dodgers would be like, probably can't afford you right now. The Angels would definitely say, we can't afford you at all right now. But there are so many other teams out on the West Coast who would be like, yeah, bitch, let's go. Hop on board. We're going somewhere, but we're going together. <laughs> uh, again, the Padres would have been perfect. <laughs> Man, Christian Yelich's career is so wild. Yeah, like for real. The man has a, a very, very interesting career history. And it's just going to get weirder with this contract. Mm-hmm. But I guess what can you do? God. I, I guess there's always... Uh, no, there's not... Are, are there opt-outs? I didn't see anything about opt-outs. I didn't see anything like that. I didn't really dig into the details of the contract yet. Uh, maybe they just haven't come out. But maybe... Because if, if I was him, I would be like, all right, yeah, but like let's put an opt-out after like year four. Because then at least he could like try to cash in again, you know? Mm-hmm. Up to AAV inflation plus increases in revenue over time. If he's actually if he if he maintains even a uh, a very high percent of his current production, like he'd totally be worth it. But yeah, I mean the bottom line is a guy who has won the MVP last year and finished essentially one B in it this year should not be the twenty fifth highest paid player in MLB. No. Nope, he shouldn't. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Uh, I think that we can conclude baseball talk for the day. I think we've exhausted yeah. all of it. You want to talk about? Oh, we had one other baseball topic. Um, uh, uh, the a man who claims to be the originator of the Philly fanatic design, the mascot design, is suing the Phillies for ownership of that design. Um. And that means that basically if he wins, the Phillies can't use the Fanatic anymore as their mascot. 
Um, and that's hilarious. Uh, I don't think there's any way this guy wins this dispute, though. I mean, it's been the Philly fanatic has been used by the Phillies for so long uh, and so prominently that I think they are essentially, you know, unless this guy has copyright on the fanatic in its current form, like right now, there's really no way he's going to win this suit. I think he's also probably show some type of like breach of contract or something. Yeah, I have no idea, but I, if you are a Phillies fan, I, I don't think you have too much to be worried about. If the Phillies lost the Fanatic, what would you call their new mascot? Uh, just use Gritty. Yeah, Gritty? Just use Gritty. That would uh, honestly be probably the most effective option. I think it should be a monster-style horse. <laughs> um, and then the horse could could take craps that Philly fans would eat and it'd be like fun stuff like candy, but it would all be brown and look like shit. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> because fuck you, Philly. Y'all actually ate horse shit after the Eagles won the, the Super Bowl. No one asked you to do that. Uh, someone uh, asked somebody to do that and they did. <sighs> Fuck y'all. Shit was weird, man. Yo, I love the Jets. I love the Jets. They have not won the Super Bowl in my lifetime. It's been 50 some odd years. It's not looking close. And if they won the Super Bowl, I can guarantee you my first thought would not be, let's go gobble down some shit. I will. I will do the best I can to all those listening, wanting to see that happen. I will do the best I can to make it happen. I don't think I'll be very successful, though. You will not. Um, yeah. Also, real quick, um, a member of the Red Sox organization just commented on Chris Sale a few hours ago saying that the Red Sox are going to get one more opinion from a Dr. Neil Alatrash saying we need to get this right, which makes it sound like Chris Sale's going to have Tommy John surgery. I'm sorry, but that was a very funny name. Yeah, Alatrash. Yeah. Yeah. Um but shame for Chris Sale. But trash. Yeah. I don't think the Red Sox would be super concerned about getting this right if the news was, oh yeah, bro, he's like totally cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh no, he's he's totally fine. You shouldn't have even come in. They wouldn't even they wouldn't even care. Um it's this sounds like Chris Sale's getting um gonna have Tommy John surgery. Which as you know, for baseball that's awful. Yeah, this um, took away probably the one thing Red Sox fans really had to look forward to about this year. I do feel really great about our over-under for uh, Red Sox wins this year now, but I don't like how it came about. All right. Sorry to take this away again. I just got a notification that apparently uh, Brady and Belichick just spoke for the first time since uh, the end of the season. And according to uh, oh someone involved, and in, I can't read make out who this is coming from, but apparently this conversation did not go well. Ooh. Oh, man, I think Brady's not playing for the Patriots this year. That would be fucking amazing. Oh, man. I really, hope, I really hope he doesn't play for the Patriots this year. <laughs> what if he came to the Jets? 
He wouldn't because, you know, they have no reason to sign him. But how would you feel about Tom Brady if he was a Jet next year? Uh, if he was riding the pine, I wouldn't care. I'd care a bit if he was playing because then we're not playing Sam Darnold and quarterback is a binary position. Um, you can't both throw the ball. So I, I, I'd feel annoyed more so just that Sam isn't playing and, and growing than I would feel about Brady being here. So uh, supposedly the Bucks, Titans, Raiders, and Chargers are the top teams. I, I'm, I, oh man, it's tough between the Raiders and Chargers because he's a California kid. So playing for a California team like the Chargers would be, uh, mm-hmm. playing for the Raiders would be interesting too. I think that uh, both teams are actually doing a lot better than their records would indicate. That'd be yeah. interesting. Uh, I also see here just on another non sequitur that Mohammed Wilkerson just got arrested with uh, DWI. Oh, good for him. I'm really proud of him and all he's accomplished. Yeah, I figured you'd like that. Uh, what do you think of AJ Bouye getting traded for a fucking fourth? Yeah, this is uh, very odd. I mean, I know he has a very large cap hit of $13.4 million, um, which is why this was a fourth and not something like a second. Um, but the Broncos have plenty of cap space, and they needed some quarterback help, so I'm all for it. Um, I didn't really expect the Broncos to do this because I, I don't see them competing anytime soon, but this is basically uh, Chris Harris's replacement. Um, so it should be good. I, I like that AJ Boye is out of Jacksonville because that place is a just hellhole apparently. So yeah, it sounds like no one's thrilled to ever have been in Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I've heard a single player really be grateful for their time there. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's... uh, I've heard a lot of negative things since uh, Tom Coughlin's gotten there, and very few people were willing to, you know, have his back. That's not a good sign at all. No, it is not. Do you want to close out talking about this Nick Foles business? Yeah, so there's really not much to say about this other than uh, the Jaguars are rumored to be looking to trade Nick Foles uh, as, you know, opportunity to start Gardner Minshew for the upcoming season. Um, It's one of those things where I'd like them to stick with Gardner Minshew because I think his ceiling is much higher than um, Nick Foles anytime soon. But at the same time, I don't know who's going to be buying Nick Foles from them, especially with the contract they gave him. So, good luck. Could be one of the QB needy teams that we had you had read off in regards to the Tom Brady uh, uh, free agency. Yeah. Maybe one of them. Maybe. It's tough because it's Nick fucking Foles. It was a weird contract to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, so much for uh, <laughs> that man's career resurgence. Sorry, big dick Nick. <laughs> we, 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 you tried your best, pal. It just didn't go your way. Uh, yeah. Any, anything else? 
Um, nothing I can think of. All right, then, uh, then let's wrap it up, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. All right. If, uh, if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. You want to hit us up via email at JuicingTheNumbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, y'all, have a good one. Bye.